Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining me this morning and thank all of you who are joining into the circle where we are raising our consciousness and beginning to change the them, the thinking of the world by infusing our love into it. I appreciate the number of people who are listening to the show. I'm in awe and I have, I'm just in awe. I am in awe as we join together and the circle keeps growing and growing and growing. And together we are beginning to change the way people think. The show is focused on so many things, but predominant among those things is what we are going to talk about today, just the unique value of you. That each and every listener here, each and every person who joins the circle, each and every person invited into the circle during a particular program who may not choose to come back, each and every person is uniquely created and divinely inspired. Each and every person is a valuable being on this planet. Each and every person is enough to be loved by God. We have created this cycle in our society, which we are going to talk about today, where we train people to believe that they have to meet certain unreachable standards of perfection in order to be loved by God. Those of us who are participating in this consciousness-raising aspect of this program, joining together our hearts and minds and souls with God right there with us are beginning the process of showing that is not true. There's a huge thing to say that it is not true because it then takes away the justification for so much of the harm that goes on in our world. And we'll look at that a little bit more closely in a few minutes. But before we do that, I'd like us to begin by forming together our circle. And even before we begin the circle, I I realize that I am not going to be here next week. I will be here the following week. And then the week after that is the Thanksgiving weekend, and I will be in Texas. And at this point, I'm not planning on doing a show. So what that basically means uh, is this show will be the show we have for two weeks, And then the show that I do then will be the show we have for two weeks. Um, After that, we're just kind of moving into a holiday season here. But I love being with all of you, and I hope my not being present will will, will not cause you to think that you can only raise consciousness by being a part of this group. Because as I see the numbers of those who are listening grow, I realize that it's growing probably by somewhat by word of mouth, but that means that we're talking. We're, we're starting to show through our deeds. We're starting to have an effect on the world as a whole. And it's hard to believe just such a small nucleus can change the way the world thinks, but it can if we do. If we don't just come in on Sunday mornings and say, wow, it's good to know I'm enough, but we don't go out and begin affirming for others that they are enough. We are all enough, just as we are. We are all interrelated family members in a giant universe, and we can all call on all that is for peace. We simply need to reach out our hand. And why don't we do that now? We'll be hearing in Niles, Be Still Thy Soul in just a few minutes, but between now and then, I'd like to just lead you through three deep breaths so that we begin to join our breaths together, and then I will play in Niles, Be Still Thy Soul, which is the reminder to me, and I hope for all of you too, that we 
have what we need to do within us. But my friends, we must stop. We must think. We must allow ourselves as one being, as we are alone, also to become all one with all that is so that our DNA can be infused with the knowledge we need to be true to who we are. And that's what an ILC soul accomplishes. That's only three minutes and 40 seconds that you will spend today, probably throughout the day, throughout the program, maybe a grand total of another six or eight minutes of just being all one with all this. But if you can bring that into your day, have your day begin to flow just with the memory of this program, with the lessons that we are together learning. If you could call on all of those who have held hands with you today to join hands with you again throughout the week, You don't have to listen to the whole program. You don't have to listen to any of it. Their energy remains around you as long as you allow it to. I encourage each of you to find a place where you join your breath with God's breath and stay in that place every time. That is the place that has the residual, the energy that will infuse your words, infuse your thinking, infuse your spirit, your cells, with all that you've experienced there. I have a place, I have a chair, I have, I put incense on because I like the fragrance of incense. It reminds me of beautiful, beautiful things, which is what we all are together, a beautiful connection. I want you to uh, try to do this more often. Try to bring yourself to a place where you are alone as often as you can. And you don't need incense. If you're sitting in your car going down the road, you can do it there. If you are sitting uh, at your desk, and you feel the chaos of the day coming up within you, and you feel as though you are beginning to be ego as opposed to love, take a moment. You can be sitting at a board table and take a moment to take a deep breath, and no one will notice, and if they do, they will appreciate that you are collecting yourself. Because what will emanate from you from that point forward will be more caring, more loving, more generous in spirit. Kinder words. I have done that. You can switch a potential negative situation in the snap of the fingers by simply breathing. I encourage you to breathe any way you want, take long breaths. But of course, I have a suggested method. And the only reason I suggest this one is because I think that taking long breaths is very difficult for most of us humans to do. And we don't think about, uh, we, we tend to start thinking about the breath. Oh, it's got to be a long breath. Now, there are some who meditate that way. They do prana breaths. And that's all they do is focus on the breath. And that's okay if you're there. But if you're not there and you just need a little bit of help elongating that breath, know first that you don't have to take in a deep, long, long, long breath and then hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. That's not what it's about. It's not a science experiment. Instead, you can sip in breath. So you can start pulling your breath in through the soles of your feet. And I encourage going, acting as though your nose is at the soles of your feet because it's a long way from the soles of your feet to your lungs, but it's not so far from your mouth and nose to your lungs. 
So pull that breath in, and as you pull it up the front of your calves, if you find that you need a little bit of breath, sip some in. There you go. Now come up the thighs, and let's cross over the hips so that we come to the tailbone. And now we are going to take that breath and move up the divining rod of life. Each of us have one, our spines. And within our spine, nerve centers, there's an antenna there that we can awaken, and as we awaken it, we awaken and unify our connection with all that is, with the divine one, with love. And the first chakra that you hit at your base chakra is actually safely said where you hold most of your fear. It's where fear starts where you carry it, although most of us carry it also up by our heart and around our chest, but fear is right there. So what you're going to do is let that fear go back into the earth from whence it came because we are igniting the light inside of you. And so your breath is going to be fearless breath as it moves up. And as it moves across the tailbone, it's going to come up into the sacral chakra. Now, that's kind of a sexy area. That's the area where we create children, we have sex. It's the area where we feel attraction to others. It's the area of creativity within us. So we not only create life, we create ideas. We keep ourselves free and clear, not guilt-ridden and not fear-ridden. So as we move through that zone, that sacral zone of creativity, we're pulling fearless breath through there. And that fearless breath is going to ignite our creativity. And as our breath moves forward, it is going to be infused with fearlessness and creativity. And we will then get to the area in the midsection of our body that runs down to just below the navel and runs up basically to the just below the top of the rib cage. And that's going is called the solar plexus chakra. And that is the zone of healing. And as you're pulling your fearless, creative breath up, I want you for a moment to pause there, sipping in breath. And as you're pausing, please, please, feel the yellow healing energy and infuse that, push that through your body. Use the fearless, creative breath to push through your body, through every part of it. Envision your body starting to glow with yellow energy. Healing energy. Now pull the fearless, creative, healing energy up to your heart. Your heart chakra. Most of us tend to bow our shoulders over around our heart and we protect it. And in protecting it, we many times lose the opportunity to love. So today I'm going to invite you to thrust back your shoulders, square your shoulders, have yourself tall, and pull that fearless, creative, healing energy up into your heart. And your heart color is green, which is interesting. And so you have this green zone, and it's beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful green, loving energy. And now imagine a pillar of green light going for us. And as it goes forth, it will mix with all of the other listeners of the show. And it will be changed into a beautiful, beautiful crystal green color. And it will begin to circle the planet in love as we are joining our thoughts and believing that love is possible. And now pull that fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up your throat chakra. The throat chakra is the zone of harm, quite frankly. We've harmed many, many people with our words, and they've harmed us with their words. In fact, it is usually the words that cause us to bow in our arms and be afraid to love. Yet why should we be afraid to express love? It's a beautiful manifestation of ourselves. Why should we be afraid to say I love you because somebody may not say I love you back? I actually had a habit of calling people love. I 
don't know when I developed it, but it feels right for me, and I just do. And I nevertheless have the same human tendency that I'm afraid to say, I love you, to someone for fear that they may not say, I love you back. Let's let go of that fear today. So as we're moving through the throat chakra, let's liberate our voice box. Let's liberate it and open it up to express loving words. And let's open it up to express loving words about ourselves. So that if you are standing in front of a mirror, you can say you look pretty good today. That's okay. And when you see someone else, you can tell them how pleased you are to be in their company. And for a while, people may think that the words you are using do not sound true, do not reverberate. But as time passes, as they become you, as they hear them from you, they are one day going to realize that what they see is what they get. You mean the words you are saying. And it is through that meaning of the words that we say, it is through that meaning of a loving spirit that we are going to change the mem of fear and distress that covers this planet. We can do it. I have been challenged, and we can do it together. Trust me. As you pull that energy from the throat chakra up, now you have energy and breath that is infused with fearlessness, creativity, healing, loving, free speaking of love, forgiving, non-judgmental words. As you pull that energy up, you're going to come to the zone, the third eye, right in the center of your forehead. Now, it's interesting that that particular part of the body is important in just about every faith, every, every religion, every philosophy of life. The Buddhists bow their hands to the third eye. The Hindus will put a mark on the third eye. The Catholics will put their rosary beads on the third eye. The Muslims bow their head and touch their third eye to the ground. The Jewish faith touches their prayer cloths to the third eye. The third eye, my friends, is the zone of manifestation. It is a zone where you can take your breath and your energy and your thoughts and you can accomplish what we are working to accomplish here. You can manifest out the world as you choose to be a part of the world. So much we think that we can manifest and, and people will start changing who they are. They're only going to change who they are if we show them who we truly are. And we invite them to become as we believe, not if we try to impose on them thoughts and not if we try to tell them who they are. That is each individual's free will choice. But as you pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up and you rest in the third eye, for today, please, imagine the world is encased in the crystalline green color of love that we have created from our breathing. Imagine the world as beginning to glow with love. And now take your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, kind speaking, manifesting breath up and lift the top of your head as though you are lifting off a baseball cap and have your breath leave your body and begin to infuse it to join the breath of God. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am uniquely created, divinely inspired. Now I recognize for many that may have been many, many breaths but let's pull in the energy again together, please. Pulling it through the soles of your feet or wherever you start your breath. 
As your breath comes in, please envision it coming up as fearless, creative, healing, loving, kind-speaking, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired, and breathe out, I am enough. On this next breath, I would like you, as you pull your breath in, your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, kind speaking, manifesting, divinely inspired breath, I would like to reach you to reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God who is waiting beside you. Feel the energy of God's hand in your hand. Feel the palm of your hand begin to warm. Feel the energy of God begin to move through your body and know that you are enough. As you take your next breath, fearless, creative, healing, loving, kind-speaking, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired, feel the energy of God moving with you now as you take your breath up and join it with the breath of God. And as you breathe out, I am loved, please take your non-dominant hand and put it in the hand of another listener's God so that together we are human being God, human being God, human being God. And we are so many at this point that we begin to take up space around us as we magnify our space and we open the door and make room for more and more to join us. And in this posture, let us celebrate our value, our value and our unique oneness. I have someone on hold here and I will get to you after I play Niles Be Still My Soul.
Make a seat one source of light. I'm going to ask that you remain in this posture today if you're comfortable doing that so that you can feel the presence of God around you and so that you can remember, you can create a muscle mass cellular memory just like yoga that you are loved by God, that God is sitting there to take your hand. Now I'm going to speak to the caller who's at 678-851-1323 just to find out if he or she would like to say something. Good morning. This is Mara. How are you? I'm good. I, I was just listening. Absolutely. You can listen, and uh, I will, um, I'm appreciative that you are. What's your name? Uh, my name is Cyril. All right. Thank you. Nice to meet you. I'm going to put you back on, I will leave you here because I don't, I will leave you on the air and in case you want to say something, okay? Uh, because okay. other. All right, otherwise if I turn you off, I won't know if you want to unless I have some sort of mental telepathy. And my mental telepathy is down today, all right? So thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today. The topic today, thank you. So today, I found when when I read these, I write these topics, and I really have to tell you, they're pretty much on some level divinely inspired Frankly, it's kind of a scary thought, but most of what we all do on some level has nudges and intuitive hints for us to take and choose behavior that is going to give us peace, that is going to bring us to a place of peace, a place of acceptance. And that's a very difficult word to use because it makes people nervous when you talk about the idea of acceptance, but everybody does not want to be the same as everybody else. And what we need to do is find that place that is right for you, not necessarily telling you what is right for you, but helping you to have an opportunity to come to that place that is right for you. But the topic today is join me to talk about the joy we can experience when we set aside human emotions based on years of training, we are not enough. There is not enough for everyone, so some must be punished with the ultimate punishment that God is rejecting them. Friends, God does not reject anyone. No one. Ever. Ever. We are all loved by God. As we sit here right now holding hands with God together and forming this giant circle that someday I know will circle the planet. And as we are creating a new way of thinking, a new energy, an energy of love, an energy of encouragement, we are also in the same process really, really challenging a lot of ideas out there. So do not think that as you allow yourself to become and to emote love, that that is going to be necessarily an easy thing. Because we as a society have made it soft to love. We have characterized it as being kind and easy. The easy thing is to give in. That's what we've called love, giving in. We've called love not standing up for anything. And those people think through your community and now reach out today and shake the hands of those people in your community who are known to be loving people, who are sharing people. Because what they tend to get is a little bit of recognition because after all, that's not a hard thing to be, loving. And you know why on some level um, I could see why people would say that? Because loving is our nature. So we treat people who harm, who take advantage of, uh, who kill, 
who looked to take to get more than their fair share we treat those people as smart as powerful as knowing how to play the game so when you find yourself beginning to be different in that model People are going to look at you suspectly, and that's where the real strength of being love comes in. That is where it does, because we have an entire society grounded in the idea that some humans are not enough to get close to God or to have the benefits of God. Now, I could talk about churches, you know, and I try to talk about churches in terms of ice cream eating because I, I, if, if church gives you the light, then go. Go to church. Go where you feel the presence of God around you all the time. But just remember that God is with you also all the time when you're away from church so that you don't have to go to church to be loved. You don't have to have someone intercede with God for you. You don't have to read some book to be loved by God. There's there's no series of rituals that you have to do in order to be loved. But if those rituals give you joy, then do them. There is no one way because God is around all of us. There's enough God to cover us all. And I love to call God love. There's enough love for all of us. The faith that I was brought up in taught us that uh, Jesus said, my father's home has many mansions. There's enough, my friends, for everyone. There's a place for everyone. There is not a place on this planet for everyone. And the reason there is not a place on this planet for everyone is because of this idea that some people are enough and some are not. It's because of this idea that uh, it's okay to not give this group of people anything or very, or to give them very little, very subsistence living, because they aren't doing it according to the prescribed way. Everyone does not want a fortune. Everyone does not want to be a manager. Everyone does not want to live in a mansion. Some people are very satisfied, perhaps more satisfied than those who have all the mansions, to love, to live, to share with their family. And I have a beautiful story that the rabbi taught me dealing with suffering, but it really goes to the point we're talking about here right now, and I hope I don't forget to talk about the Protestant work ethic, but I'll write myself a note. I do this alone. I used to have um, have a co-host, and it was kind of nice then because then I could write ideas to myself Now, I hope I don't sound rambling, but um, I don't always remember to go back to where I said I was going. Here's the deal. I'm going to use the names that work. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what the names are. So one day, Jacob goes to the rabbi, and he said, and Jacob is rich beyond all belief. He has many mansions in his house. He has servants. He's a merchant. He has all the goods that he could possibly want. Every physical thing that one is expected to have in order to know happiness. Everything. And yet he wasn't happy. And he didn't know how, he felt that he was suffering So what happened was, and I love the sound of the baby in the background. Thank you for sharing that with us. So what happened was, the rabbi said, go talk to Ishmael. And he told him where you could find Ishmael. And so the rabbi sent Jacob off, and Jacob went walking. Now, Jacob was trying to find the person 
who could explain how to live suffering, how how to understand suffering. And so Jacob walks down the road and he comes up to this this just shack. The shack is surrounded. I'm going to go ahead and put you on soft here, okay? But I I will come back in just a few minutes because I want the baby to be able to express itself and I want to talk about it. So here we are and... um, I would want to talk about the baby instead of about Ishmael. So thank you. So in any event, uh, aren't babies wonderful, folks? What a wonderful opportunity we have to 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 teach love. What a wonderful opportunity. So Jacob comes up on this really slovenly shack and a step everywhere. Children running all around, this disabled man out in front trying to work on something. And Jacob comes up to the man and he says, I'm looking for Ishmael. Do you know where he is? And the man says, well, yeah, I'm Ishmael. How you doing? What are you looking to me? Well, the rabbi sent me to you. And pretty soon, because Ishmael is a very good hope, very good host, they got involved in a dialogue and uh, everything is going well. And soon Ishmael's wife comes to the door to announce that the meal is ready. And Ishmael invites his new friend to come in and join them for the meal. Oh, no, no, I couldn't do that. No, please, come join us. So they go into the house and there's one chair of honor, clearly the chair that Ishmael would normally eat in or sit at. And uh, the guest was invited to sit in the chair of honor. And everyone else sat around on the floor in front of the food. And the wife brought a big pot full of water and one potato in the middle. And they gracefully picked out the potato and gave it to Jacob. And everyone else took the potato soup, water, and the bread, and they passed it around their family to their family members, each and every one of them, taking what they could and eating. And as the meal progressed, Ishmael was really brave enough, and he says to Jacob, Jacob, why are you here? Why would the rabbi send you to me? And Jacob said, the rabbi told me that you could teach me to deal with suffering. Ishmael looked around and said, I think the rabbi has made a mistake. I know nothing of suffering. I have a beautiful wife, lovely children, a house for my family a new food, new friend, and food to share with that friend. Suffering? I don't know about suffering. I will tell you, friends, what Ishmael knew about was love and happiness. He was happy in his circumstance. That's the kind of acceptance I'm talking about. I am not talking about accepting someone putting you down or making your life miserable, denying you uh, a chance to be happy. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying to you that as you move and as we together collectively raise our consciousness to improve the world and move toward love, that each one of us begin to show in our life whatever that life is, appreciation in the vein that Ishmael showed appreciation, love for others in the vein that Ishmael showed love, and enjoy happiness in the way that Ishmael did. Because I am here to say to you that we are the ones who decide who has what and who does not have what in our world And those who choose to have less are not less. 
But unfortunately, in the United States, and I know I have so many listeners from abroad, and I don't know about your countries. And I do not want you to think that I am in any way minimizing or negating the differences between your countries and ours. But in this country, we are a huge and wonderful experiment. We brought people from all over the world together and we told them you can be anything you want them to be. But we also brought with those people some very strange and perhaps the right word is puritanical thinking. And so that thinking became part of our economic system. And that thinking is called the Protestant work ethic. And you're hearing it a lot right now as we're hearing people talk about uh, how to deal with just the growing number of unemployed people. It troubles me because we're not talking about the fact that we are moving to being a species that does not have jobs for everyone because we're using machines. We, we don't show any sensitivity or caring to the fact that people may be wanting to work, but there is no job. And you always hear this same kind of deep chest chortle from people when you say there are no jobs. There are not enough jobs. I'm letting that echo. And the problem that comes from that is that is a product, that chortle comes from the Protestant work ethic. That is one in our country, that is one of the foundational layers that is used to say people who do not have are not enough. If you're enough, God would take care of you. The counter of that is You are not enough because you are without. That is a huge, huge political philosophy that is in our country. I don't know if it's in other countries, but it's here in this country. And then we have added to that the whole dynamic of the power of churches. And the church is coming together to say, I I was at a funeral last weekend where uh, my uncle was just praying for all get out for me. And you know what? I appreciate the prayers, but he was praying for me because I believe there are many ways to God, not just Christ. And he actually stood in front of us, my brothers and sisters and I, and told us our both of our parents were being interred. And he told us that we would never see our parents again unless we believed that the only way to see our parents was Jesus. Now, the enormity of that overwhelms me. That is knocking out two-thirds of the world What happened to many of the mansions? Are they telling us that God would like those mansions to just be empty? What happened to we are the body and the body is one? Are they telling us that the body is content having gaps and holes, basically being only one-third together? Because we've rejected two-thirds? Are other faiths telling us that? Are we killing people in order to show that we're worthy for God when God is right here beside us and is willing to tell us we're worthy? Those are the layers. And that's why in our society it takes such strength to stand up and just be love. You don't have to talk about religions. You don't have to talk about economic theories. You don't have to become involved in politics. But what we do need to do, my friends, what we do need to do is know that each one of us is enough. And as we begin believing that we are enough, we are able to inspire others to believe they are enough. We are able to raise that little baby that we heard earlier, and there are no coincidences in God's world. We're we're able to inspire that little baby to know that he or she deserves 
to have enough because there is enough and he or she is enough. There's nothing that has to happen. There is nothing that needs to be done to empower and give power to someone else and especially not giving power to people who are abusing power. And that is one of the glorious experiments in this country is the idea that we have empowered everyone to have a say in some things. But right now when we look in this country, the United States, and I'm suspicioning it's the same around the world, we've hit this roadblock. Although democracy is wonderful, and certainly the Greeks were right that democracy is a great thing, we have shut our minds to all sorts of economic theories because we judge them against very, very, very negative government styles, against dictatorships, denying human beings the right to be enough. And then to define what enough is for them. My friends, there is enough. You are enough. And together we can infuse this planet, well, with God's help. We can change the mem of thinking that some deserve more because they work harder. Maybe they do deserve more because they work harder, but do they deserve it all? We can begin inspiring people to realize that there are other ways to contribute to society. We can begin inspiring people to love one another. And therefore, when you look at the human species all human beings as a member of a common family. You don't want to reject a member of your family. And you need to develop a way that those who choose... Let me start that over. You need to develop a way for people to choose, to have choices, to have equality of opportunities, To not have 1% of the population have almost all of the wealth, but to create a system where they can have as much as they believe they want while not denying others. This has become far more political than I thought it would be, but and it's not my desire to t- to talk about politics, but I guess you can't talk about all the stratifications that we have created as a species so that some can feel like they're more than others and not talk about politics and not talk about churches. So let us put those things on the side and let us just talk about the beauty of you. Each and every person who is listening here today is is a gem in the ring of the earth. And I don't believe there is anyone here who has owned a ring that was missing a stone that didn't realize the ring was not complete until the stone was put in place. And that is what the planet Earth is. It's an opportunity for all of us to come to recognize our unique value by doing, as I suggested at the beginning, spending some time all one with God and learning who you are and why you are here. And it is also an opportunity, a very important opportunity, a vital opportunity. For us to remind, look at the word R E M I N D, put back into the mind of others 
an awareness of their value. We cannot make everything equal, but we can help people along in accepting their unique value. Because this human species is always going to have strivers, people who who tend to show themselves as having great accomplishments. But we need to understand, setting aside politics, setting aside religion, setting aside all that, that because they have achieved does not give them greater value as human beings. And there is tender associated with their current beliefs about their value. And we've created this us and them thinking. Ignoring Pink Floyd's words, we're all just ordinary men. This thinking has got to give way to we. My friends, you are enough. There is enough for everyone. And most importantly, no matter what, human free will leads us, no matter where it takes us. There is enough of God's love for everyone. God placed us here to be a part of this experiment. And now he is reminding us with my voice that we have to keep pulling up and holding up all of our brothers and sisters as equal, as deserving of love. There not being a need to harm. That we are equal to all the components on the planet. And then... because you get to go home to a mansion will not cause you to be more than the person who goes home to a hovel. The story of Ishmael encapsulates the entire story today. It is not what you have that gives you value. It is who you are. It is how you act. You may have everything in the world and still need to go to the rabbi because you feel that you are suffering. And why are you suffering? Because you don't believe you are enough. Shocking reality, friends. People accumulate masses of materials because they still do not feel enough. It is an empty void. And we are here to help remind them they are enough. They are enough. Each of us is enough, just as we are. So let us spend time over the next week and next two weeks, because I won't be back for two weeks, remembering our value, remembering that we are gems in the ring of life, remembering that no matter what we have, we can still be like Jacob and not feel enough. Or we can be like Ishmael and see the wonder and glory of God around us. We can see the beauty of the moment and we can know and rejoice because we are loved. With that, I'm going to... We have just about four minutes left 
I am going to play another piece. Uh, I think I'm going to play today, Open Your Heart, by Catherine Toyama. And I'm going to invite you all, as you breathe in, holding the hand of God, that you breathe in believing I am loved. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am enough. And feel the energy of God on either side, infusing you with the certainty of those two statements. I am loved. I am enough. I am loved. I am enough. As you go forth in this week, know that when you say, I am, you are collectively calling on all that is. We are loved. We are enough. We do not have to allow people to bring down our spirits because they have more or because they perceive themselves as being more. Instead, Let us show love because love is the way. Until two weeks from today, know that you are valued, you are loved, and you are in my thoughts. Thank you for listening and thank you for sharing this time with me. Namaste, my friend. Peace be with you. Remember, you are uniquely created, divinely inspired. Thank you so much for joining me today. Peace be with you. Thank you so much for the information. Absolutely.